Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fulton. The, the Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Vault, Vault Volume, Volume 1. 1. Bill Dundee, Super Mix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Wrestling PWC Podcast with Rick Del Santo. For all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC, 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 keeps you in the zone. This is the Firestarter Jake Chris, and you're listening to Russellville. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest on this episode is Jake Christ, professional wrestler of 20 years. How you doing, Jake? I'm doing great. How are you, buddy? Man, I'm doing really good. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. I know that this has uh, been in the works. We've been trying to uh, get this taken care of, and I'm really glad to be talking to you. I've been keeping an eye on your career, and good things are happening for you, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, uh, it, it would appear uh, appear that way. Uh, Circle Six and uh, Pro Wrestling Revolver, or Wrestling Revolver has just uh, been great to me. And I'm just going to keep uh, pushing forward. Uh, PWX and uh, North Carolina was awesome. The pandemic the last two years was uh kind of put a uh halt on uh the professional wrestling scene, but uh I was able to uh grind it out and uh still just uh be able to do this and not get a uh regular job or a shoot job is like us wrestlers like to say. And you know what, if this is your love, this is your passion, this is your you know what you want to do, it it really does it's got to take a lot of pressure off your, your uh, shoulders, knowing that, you know, that you can support your family by being a professional wrestler, right? Sometimes, man, sometimes it also uh, gets pretty nerve wracking and uh, frustrating. These last two years book, I've got a lot of bookings, but a lot of bookings is canceled as well. I've not had as many cancellations uh, that I've had last two years, you know, because of, uh, COVID, which, you know, I completely understood, but, uh, that actually, uh, hit me pretty hard financially. I, I think with, uh, most of, uh, America, just like most American, the inflation and all that stuff, it just keeps getting worse. And, uh, just, you know, keeps, uh, emptying your pockets, you know what I mean? So it gets frustrating at times. Uh, that's why you see me grind as much as I have, uh, I try to get as uh, many bookings as I can. I try to push my merchandise at least once a month or at least once a week. So, I mean, uh, or when I have it, you know, so uh, I try to push that stuff as much as I can just to, uh, to keep on the grind. And I'm a uh, active kind of guy. So I, um, you know, put my best foot forward as they say. Right. Now you've been around 20 years. 
I discovered you uh, last year. I, I told you uh, a brief story that I was uh, going through the PWI uh, rankings and I saw your name in there and uh, you had a decent ranking. And then I started looking you up and looking at um, at some of your work. And, you know, you've been around for a long time. You've been in Ring of Honor. You've been in Impact. You told me that you've had five tours in Japan. Uh been to Mexico and Canada, quite a career, right? Yeah, Scotland, Germany, uh, all over the, the United Kingdom. I've, I've, uh, I've got two passport books. <laughs> you know, the the first one, uh, it's all stamped up. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of that uh, to get to uh, travel the world and uh, see all these uh, different countries. I, I, I did a uh, a show in uh, Costa Rica not too long ago. That was amazing. Uh, so yeah, man, it's uh, I've been uh, pretty blessed to um, have the career that I've had these uh, the last twenty years. But I feel like I'm just now getting started. To be honest, like I, I'm I'm hitting my stride. I'm the best shape of my life. You know, I got this. I got this awesome tan. I'm uh, trying to go for the uh, Macho Man uh, uh, WrestleMania five tan where. I get completely blown up where I'm purple. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, uh, that's what I'm going. That's the goal to get that macho man tan. Well, not a not a bad goal, right? If if the, nah. if the if the fame and comes comes along with it, right? Yeah, yeah you know huh? that that'd be great. Randy Savage is my favorite wrestler of all time. What what was it about Savage that you liked so much? The colorful uh, personality, even when he was just uh, when he first came in the uh, WWF, uh, when when he had the trunks, the knee pads, and the boots, but he had those uh, awesome robes, you know. So I was always attracted to like that that colorful personality, the way he would speak in his promos, he would use the different props. So I mean, like I. I just absolutely fell in love with Macho Man when at the age of five or six years old when I started watching wrestling was about 90. And uh, I I didn't watch it when it came on television. I actually would uh, go to the uh, video store, Max's video, and I would uh, rent the home Coliseum videos. So, uh, of course, as a kid, I, I liked Hulk Hogan. I was a little Hulkamaniac, but I got introduced to randy savage before hulk hogan because hulk hogan was always last on the uh home coliseum videos so like i i fell in love with uh macho man uh ultimate warrior and the rockers were like my three favorite to acts before hulk hogan was but i was around six years old when i was introduced to wrestling uh my dad uh popped in a video like i was saying the whole coliseum and uh, we were we were watching uh, like the old the old uh, clips and shows that uh, WWF would put out on video. That's how I was uh, introduced, and I remember uh, uh, sitting next to my father on the couch, and we we're eating popcorn. And I looked up and I said, "Dad, I'm going to end. Up, I want to be a pro wrestler when I grow up." And luckily for me. Uh, my father always pushed me towards my goals and he, he never, you know, said, you know, you're too small or, you know, do something 
you know, more realistic, you know, have a backup plan. Like he, he was straight supportive. Oh, that's it was awesome. awesome. Both, yeah. both parents, both parents were, it's a uh, course, you know, I come from a, a broken home. My father and mother are uh, divorced, but uh, my, uh, my mother uh, supported, uh, supported me as well. My stepfather uh, showed me uh, how to properly build a wrestling ring and, uh, other people's backyards. I mean, like I, I had a, a good support system. Where did you train? Oh man. Uh, great question. I, uh, there was a group of kids in New Carlisle was around 15 or 20 of us, uh, New Carlisle, Ohio. It's just a little, uh, suburb town, uh, part of like Dayton Springfield area in, in uh, Ohio. But, uh, we, uh, we all got together. We ended up uh, uh, meeting in uh, high school, and we threw our lunch money together. We uh, built a wrestling ring and uh, welding class. So we put we put our wrestling ring and weld in uh in Dustin Ray's bat, uh, barn. So uh, we we did two years uh, in the barn, and how we got uh, introduced to our trainer was pretty crazy too. Uh, biggest news company in uh, Dayton, News Center 7, they were doing a special on backyard wrestling. And they did three groups out of Dayton. And uh, we happened to be one of the three groups. And they actually put us over, like, because we had merchandise. We had our ring that we built welding class. Like, we had a cool story. So they, uh, they, they, they kind of featured us most out of everybody because – the other two groups were just literally wrestling on the ground and we had a fog machine. We had fans, we had the whole nine yards. So, uh, they, um, when, when that special aired the, uh, commentator, we are big ECW kids. Our commentator's name was Derek style, Derek styles. So, uh, um, his mother is at church that Sunday and after the service, they all get together. And, uh, this, this gentleman starts talking about the backyard wrestling special that he's seen and how he, uh, would love to, uh, you know, just meet those kids that they had, uh, you know, great potential and blah, 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 blah. And the lady goes, I know those children. My son is best friends with them. She put us in contact with him he came out to our barn he asked us to put on three matches for him so we put on three matches and he goes i tell you what and he put us all in the ring he goes uh i train you guys all for free but you have to wrestle for me for two years straight for free so we all signed up i was uh i was a sophomore and um in high school uh, when I first started uh, training to be a pro wrestler. So then it took two years uh, for me to get on my first show. I was, a, <laughs> I was, it was the end of my junior year and uh, it's my senior year. I was full blown wrestling. Wow. I had a year of experience uh, under my belt towards my career when I was a senior in high school. I was that kid that walked through the the hallways with the Outlaw Championship Wrestling Cruiserweight Championship around my shoulder, thinking I was the coolest kid on earth. And you were, dude. I 
I felt like it, like that championship was awesome. It had a red belt or a red, uh, red leather on it. It was silver. It was sweet. It had the fake uh, bejeweled medallions on it. It was awesome, man. It was, it was sweet. It was legit outlaw championship wrestling in Yellow Springs, Ohio. What was the reaction from your, your peers? I had that uh, high school teachers. Uh, I had a, I had a learning disability. It was uh so um, I, I was, I was LD. They put us all in classes. So um, my teacher that I seen like for two years straight, his name was Mr. Husick. And he hated the fact that we pro wrestled and like uh, would always tell me and my buddies not to, uh, not to do it. We should go out for football and all that stuff. Cause he was a football coach. And uh, I, I don't know, like it, looking back at it, it, it sucked having uh, a teacher tell you do something more realistic with your life. Don't become a pro wrestler. You're too small when I had a great support system at home. So, I mean, it, it really, uh, but that, that made, made me have uh, more fuel on the fire. Like it, it made me more determined to become a pro wrestler. It was like, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to shove it up Mr. Husick's face. I'm going to shove it straight in his face. And I'm going to show him that uh, I could do this. And when when I uh, became a pro wrestler and I was making a, a good living at it, and I was, I was you know, big and strong that I felt. Uh, I, was, I, I got to like 220 just jacked and had, had some abs. And I happened to go to the new Carlisle uh, YMCA and started hitting the gym. And uh, he happens to walk in and he goes, John, is is that you? And I go, Mr. Husick, how are you doing? He goes, wow. He's like, you gotten really big. And I said, yeah, so have you. And I touched his belly. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, you know, he kind of, you know, looked at me with the, with the, you know, halfway smile on his face because he knew I was being a, a jerk. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it, it, it made me feel really good about myself. And this was kind of one of those, uh, you know, winning moments of, uh, of my life because this, this teacher for two, three years straight just would give me crap about wanting to be a pro wrestler. So, I mean, I was like 90 pounds soaking wet too when I graduated. So like, I can't, I can't really fall for that. When do you feel that your career, I guess, started to um, get some momentum, you know, after, you know, you're looking back now at a 20 year career, I'm sure you've had a lot of ups and downs, right? But where, where, oh, yeah. what, what year do you think you were as like, wow, you know what? I I can make a living out of this. You know, things are going good. There's consistency in my bookings. When did that happen? Well, that that happened pretty straight away. I mean, I I hit the ground running with with uh with pro wrestling. I being uh being out of Ohio, it was it was uh the the best uh position to be at. In Ohio, like five-hour drive, I'm in Chicago. Seven hours, I'm in a different country in Toronto. You know what I mean? Like eight hours, I'm in Philly. 
So, I mean, there's, there's so many uh, different places. Uh, I, I really feel like Ohio is the central area to be. If you want to be a pro wrestler, you can literally like two hours in Indianapolis. I mean, it's just, it's, it's the best place to be. I feel in the United States. It's like Texas is kind of, you know, it's so big. It's it's kind of a universe of its own in the United States. If you really, if you really look at Texas, I mean, like, so a lot of independent wrestlers don't like get out of Texas. Is I mean, it Texas is so huge, you know. So I mean, unless you're flying out, you know, every week, which those some guys can, but uh, th- that gets a little expensive and uh, promoters, you know, so they they don't really like to do that that often. Unless they got their stuff together. Right, right. But um, it, uh, around 2006, uh, I think, when I got my first bookings with Ring of Honor, I, um, before that, I think my big, my big uh, booking was uh, Heartland Wrestling Association every uh, Tuesday night in Cincinnati. Guys like uh, Matt Stryker, Nigel McGinnis, Cody Hawk, uh, Chad Carter, BJ Whitmer. They they uh they were all uh they were all there at the time and gave uh, great advice. Got in the ring with this kid and showed him how to uh the proper ways of uh to do professional wrestling. And would you say that your your style has evolved over the years, you know, from your Ring of Honor days or from your Impact days? Absolutely. Uh, even just from uh, Impact, just it's it's been about, I don't know, two or three years that I've uh, not been under Impact. Three or four years that I haven't been in Impact. And my, my style has uh, evolved tremendously from there. I've uh, I, What I try to do is... Uh, since I can remember way back in, in time uh, when I first started doing this 20 years ago, I was a huge Bruce Lee fan. And uh, growing up, I you know would, would study uh, his martial arts, and I, I found out that he studied all these other different martial arts to create his own. So that's kind of what I've been trying to do with my own style with professional wrestling, a style that could – you know, be done anywhere and everywhere in the world. That's why you'll see me do death matches. You see me do all these uh, different kind of matches, uh, strong style, lucha libre, catch as catch can, whatever, whatever you, you want to, you want to do in pro wrestling, I can do it. So it's like, and then not a lot of people are like that in this industry. You know, I've talked to several wrestlers that, and they'll tell you that, you know, you go to different, you you go to different countries or even different states and, and the crowds are different, you know, so you have to kind of adapt to the crowd and what they, they like. Uh, Numerous times where crowd isn't into it and you just kind of got to go with the flow or, you know, go with uh, what they want or, you know, uh, try to get the pop out of them. It's kind of, it's kind of like a uh, comedian with their jokes. Certain jokes are going to get over certain uh, parts of the country. It's just like wrestling, like uh, certain moves, certain uh, storylines, you know, whatever it may be that uh, uh, it, it it doesn't get over 
and you can't do the same thing, especially with social media. Now, this is that's what uh, wrestlers these days face versus you know the eighties and even like the nineties. All those guys, they did the same act, at, like every time they got in the ring. You know, they would do the same matches, they would do the same promos. Like, uh, look at look at Ravishing Rick Rude's promo. All you New York sweat hogs, if you allow me to remove my robe, I'll show you what a real man looks like. Hit the music. But he would just, he would say that every single town. He would just, you know, do a different town. Hey, Houston, this is what a real man look, you know, like hit my music. Think about, think about all those guys. So it's just, um, with social media, I feel like uh, the wrestlers these days, you know, we have to change and evolve because, um, you know, the, the world's always constantly changing and evolving. Yeah, absolutely. And and for someone who's been in the game for 20 years, I mean, that's that's no easy, easy accomplishment. So, you know, I mean, coming from someone, you know, two decades into the in the business you've learned a, le- a thing or two i'm for sure i hope so <laughs> I, I would hope so um yeah man i've uh i've tried to help out as uh many people as i can anyone reaches out anyone and everyone in this business uh especially if i know you uh i will definitely uh, go out of my way to uh you know try to get you better in this business, give you critiques if you want them. You know, if people ask for my opinion, I'll definitely give it to them. I'm not going to – I come from uh, a place where they didn't sugarcoat stuff. They just told you like it was. I, uh, I've i been told some awful things by uh, Les Stature when I walked in the Heartland Wrestling Association as a uh, kid, I actually skipped uh, school to uh, go to uh, his like tryout practice thing to see if he would uh, take me, and it uh, it was a pretty bad uh, encounter, but I stuck with it and I kept coming back. Who are some of the guys on the on the scene right now? Some young guys that that we need to keep an eye on that you see promising. Well, you know. Uh, it, everyone seems so much younger than I do these days. You know, I'm like, I feel like I'm like the younger or the older guy in the, in the locker room. But um, guys like Corey Storm, uh, I feel like they need to have uh, some eyes on him. Um, Atticus Hogard's amazing. You know, Zachary wins all those kids, Trey, but I mean everyone knows everyone knows those kids. Uh those those are the those are the people that I would uh I would say to look out for. But I mean as far as young, young, young talent, um I'm not too uh too sure because I'm also one of those guys that uh don't go out of his way and seek out uh pro wrestling especially uh, independent-wise. Once I get home with having two children and a wife, I uh, kind of uh, turn off uh, wrestling, unless it's hustling on on my phone. I'm constantly doing that at home. 
because I, I, I got to make a living. But um, that's that's about as much as I do. I don't I don't go and watch uh, people's videos or anything like that. I just uh, just don't have the time for it. So I mean, I don't really know uh, uh, too many other uh, younger guys that I would say, hey, Jake, Chris, approve. Jake, where, where can fans find you on social media? Uh, hit me up on uh, Twitter, Instagram at the Jake Christ. Uh, Facebook is Jake Christ. Um, yeah, hit me up on my socials. Those are the only three that I have. I enjoyed talking to you tonight, and I uh, I want to bring you back, and hopefully we can do it uh, a lot sooner than it took this one to uh, come to fruition. Absolutely. And you, we, we talked about that uh, earlier, you know, uh, December, uh, you reached out and I said I wasn't doing podcasts and, and I wasn't at the time. And uh, it, it took me a lot of, uh, I don't know, uh, courage on my own part to push myself over that hump of uh, doing promos and more podcasts because uh, I, I hate the way my voice sounds. Like growing up, and even to this day, if I get a random call or a courteous call, a Curtis call, or like if I'm in a drive-through ordering food, they'll always be like, "You want anything else, ma'am?" <laughs> <laughs> so like, it took me a while to get over uh, the fact that I just hate the fact the way that I sound. Right. So, well, um, I don't think you know. you're alone, man. Yeah, and I feel you, but like now that I'm over uh, over that uh, hump, uh, I'll definitely be doing way more podcasts and uh, found my voice with uh, with promos and got to be able to talk in this business, baby. That's right, and if people are willing to push you and put your name out there, man, jump on that train. That's what I say for sure, for sure. So you'll see you'll see me doing a lot more, and I I can't wait for part two, my friend. Hey, I can't wait either. So thank you very much, and we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you, buddy. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast, where wrestling lives. happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today on Amazon. Ringing the bell radio. Listen to J.D. Barris and Logan talk about wrestling news, reviews, in-depth conversations, and interviews. The podcast that we want to hear, and you will to ring the bell radio. We call it in the ring.